Race two of the NHRA Samtech Factory Stock Showdown season is this weekend at ZMAX Dragway, the NGK Four Wide Nationals. Carl Tasca says he's ready to win, but has an eye on his competition. What did they do in the offseason? And the Chrysler boys, uh, they, uh, they, they took the, the winter off and went fishing. We went to work, made our cars quicker. They didn't, uh, they didn't want to get involved and spend any money on us. So, you know, I like those guys, but I don't, I don't have any mercy on them. They could have they got new superchargers like Ford and Chevy did, but they didn't want to uh, make the investment, apparently. Tasket talks about his team, his legendary family, and how he'll be going for it this weekend. Just one of the great guests on Factory Stock Podcast. And then, one of the young tuners, a fresh face, Aaron Stanfield, talks about tuning one of four cars in the showdown. Aaron Stanfield talks of the power of the laptop. How much that the lap the laptop matters, and you know these things they all make a lot of power, and it's not it's not all about horsepower. Um, half the battle is horsepower, and the other half of half the battle is getting the race car down the racetrack the right way, and the fastest way, and um, the majority of that is is done through the laptop. Stanfield talks about learning from his world champion father and pulling him out of retirement to go racing in the Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. And from Samtech, Brian Massengill talks about the rules change, the updated rules, and how he fully expects a race that is as competitive or perhaps more competitive than Gainesville. You've got 30 cars, 30 drivers trying to compete for those 16 spots. They're not going to hold anything back. Um, so they're going to push everything they can to every extreme and every limit, and so don't think for a second that this is going to be any less exciting than the uh, than the Gators were in race one. Brian Massengill from Samtech.edu, Aaron Stanfield from Stanfield Racing Engines, and of course, Carl Tasca are our guests on this edition of Factory Stock Podcast. I'm your podcast host, Joe Costello, and we'll be talking about one of the coolest categories in all of drag racing the samtech factory stock showdown and it is all brought to you by the folks at samtech.edu start your education at full speed with the school of automotive machinists and technology accelerate your career as a high performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab on the dyno and at the track in addition to blockhead and cnc programs sam now offers motorsport efi tuning and an associate of applied science degree and sam is a military friendly school approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the gi bill start your education at full speed go to samtech.edu today let's start it off as we get ready for race two of the 2019 samtech.edu factory stock showdown season just a quick recap race one the 50th amelie motor oil nhra gator nationals won by drew skillman over stephen bell in the final round the cobra jets struck first and now the fords and chevys are adapting to a rules change that decreased their supercharger overdrive and overall boost for the Fords, approximately 17%. For the Chevrolets, approximately 10%. It will slow the cars down, in theory, making the class more competitive across all three manufacturers. Some don't like it. Some love it. We're going to get into it. Our first guest, one of those Cobra Jet racers, also a legend for the Blue Oval, Joining us now, he drives one of the Cobra Jets, and it's one of the fastest Cobra Jets out there. He grew up at Tasca University, learning the ways of the dealership from his legendary father, and now he's racing in Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. Joining us now, Mr. Carl Tasca. Carl, welcome to Factory Stock Podcast. How are you? I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here, Joe. Nice to talk with you. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for your participation in this class. And you've got to be pretty excited to get back out on track in Charlotte. I am very excited about this whole deal. I mean, I, I watched this thing develop in 1968, 50 years ago, and I was just starting to drive at the end of it. and never really got to enjoy it. Watch a lot of people do it, but... This, this class intrigues me, Joe, because it brings back a lot of memories for myself and my family. And I'm very, very happy to see that the big three are now taking an interest 
in some showroom drag racing again. I think it's good for the uh, the industry. I think it's good for the car dealers, and I think it's very good for the uh, for drag racing. Totally agree. I wanna I wanna dive into a couple of the things for people that don't fully understand the significance of your father, the dealership, and what it has had not just on drag racing but on performance cars. You know, inventor of the Cobra Jet for the most part. Coined the phrase, win on Sunday, sell on Monday. A couple of things that are just totally baked into the fabric of motorsports, period. And that came from your father. There's absolutely no question about it. Chevrolet dominated streetcars back in the 60s. And my father was a very aggressive Ford dealer. And he finally convinced Henry Ford that we got to build some performance cars. And we built a 428 Mustang. Brought it out to Detroit, spent about a week out there at the test track, and impressed Mr. Ford and some of the Ford engineers, and they decided to build a car for the street. And it probably was one of the uh, the quickest street cars of its era. And it's uh, it's amazing how this thing has lasted so long. And in 19, I guess it was 2008, they decided to build a, a, a an anniversary car, 40th anniversary car. And I'll never forget it, Joe. We bought two of them. They were shipped to the dealership. It was a cold winter day, and my dad was in the shop with me and Bobby Jr., and he saw the car, and there's a tear coming down his eye. And I said, Dad, why don't we build a nostalgia car and have some fun with it, bring some memories back? And the old man didn't say yes, and he didn't say no, so I took it as a yes, so we did it. (laughs) And we did a lot of match racing. We built the 2010 car. That was the first seven-second car. And then, really, we got involved when NMCA convinced me to uh, to run this class, and I'm glad they did. Uh, it's amazing how fast these cars are with such small engines. And I never drove a race car with power windows, Joe. I get the biggest kick out of it. Oh, I get a kick out of it, too, Carl. And uh, I want I want to stay back there at the origin before we move forward. Because I know you were able to pick up a win at recent NMCA action. Uh, you know, crazy stuff happening alongside of you. We're going to talk all about that. And, of course, the program yeah. in Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. But you mentioned you were just becoming old enough to drive during that golden era. And I, I want to go back to that because it had to be so, it had to be such a special time for you when everything was new and fresh, not just. Uh, you know, life for you, but the whole muscle car, uh, performance car experience here in the United States of America, uh, learning the ways of the dealership out there, whether it be washing cars on the lot, learning how to sell, learning how to go through that process. America was car crazy, but uh, that kind of changed right as you got there, right? Isn't that like when we rolled into the 70s and, and the performance started to go away, that had to be terribly frustrating for you. It was very frustrating. It was very frustrating. I just started to get my license, and I was playing with these cars on the street. Did a lot of street racing. I mean, I, I can tell you a lot of funny stories. I got knocked off one night street racing, and the the uh, policeman said to me, does your, uh, does your father know you're racing? I said, ask him. He's right behind me watching me. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't go over too big. But, uh, no, we, we just started to get involved with it, and then the ecology came around with, uh, with the, all the... Uh, environmental stuff and kind of put a damper on it but then it started to come back gradually and gradually we we stayed in drag racing but my father really didn't like racing funny cars because he didn't sell them he used to like to sell cars well he like he said went on sunday sell on monday and um, this this program has, has, has brought it back and we're building performance cars now joe that that, that blow your mind i mean six seven horsepower showroom cars now are uh, they're, they're, they're nothing. They're all over the place. Yeah, it's that... amazing how power we're getting. It's all because of the electronics, the superchargers, and stuff like that. Yeah, it, it is and incredible. The... And and the and the and this class of racing, Samtech Factory Stock Showdown or Supercars, uh, I think people have been clamoring for it because they want to identify with the, the regular car. You guys sell Mustangs. You sell a lot of Mustangs. And the Mustang that you sell, maybe it's to a, you know, a 19-year-old girl or a 25-year-old guy, and maybe it's a six-cylinder or maybe it's a, a 5.0, but it looks just like the Mustang that you race. Do you think that win on Sunday, sell on Monday is back and relevant? 
I, I think it's I think it's back, but I, I think it's got a long way to go. I think it's got a long way to go, but I can tell you the more you guys promote this type of racing, I can see a lot of uh, a lot of enthusiasm at the racetrack, and it, it's uh, it's it's competitive, and the average guy can compete in it. You don't have to be a zillionaire to build these cars. You can buy them. I mean, I just sold a Cobra Jet yesterday for $130,000. You buy the car, you get a license, you go racing. And they're pretty competitive right out of the box. Yeah. I'm, and they're I'm, very safe. Well, they're very safe cars, too. Well, you get in one every uh, every time we have this class, and you go out there, and you're running 175 miles per hour. First of all, you were over 170 before anybody, which was amazing. I was there for that, at least on the NHRA side. Um, what are they like to drive, Carl? You have uh, you've been around. You get to drive everything uh, as a drag race car, nine inch wide tire, boosted, extremely quick, extremely fast on a run that it gets hooked up. What's it like? It's uh, it, it's it's pretty it's it's pretty interesting on the get go because you don't know if it's going to do a wheel stand or not. But once I put it in second gear, it's pretty much uh, an easy ride from there. They handle extremely well, and it's amazing. Without any spoilers, front or rear, how this thing really hugs the ground. They're, they're just—they're a pleasure to drive. They're really—I uh, wouldn't say they're easy to drive, but they're—they're they're certainly like, like not like driving a, a funny car. I can tell you that much. There, it's a real car, and that's the uh, attraction by so many people, myself included. Okay, recently, NMCA action, you went out there and got a win, but at the same time, I heard from your brother Bob that uh, uh, Chuck Watson was in the opposite lane from you, and he had a, a horrific problem, and, and uh, take me through all the chaos. That was, that was unbelievable. I was running against Mr. Watson, who's a, a very, very dear friend of mine, a very, very fine gentleman and a good racer, and... Uh, I was a little bit ahead of him, thank God, and I really never saw him. So I, I kind of thought that he, he spun up until I was going to turn off the drag strip. I was in the right lane. I looked at my rearview mirror, and I saw him bouncing off the walls. And I said, oh, my goodness. So I, I jumped out of the car as soon as I can. Didn't take my helmet off and ran over, and everything was okay, thank God. But uh, he was testing out a new brake system, and uh, apparently when he hit the brake at the light show, it locked up all four wheels. And... Uh, that car went cuckoo, but uh, it's amazing. He's okay. The car was hurt pretty good, and they sent me pictures of the car uh, a couple of days ago, and it's it's just about all together again. He will be with that car back in Charlotte, and that's a tribute to uh, that entire team. That Watson team, uh, I don't know if they went to their shop or not, but uh, they can do incredible things in their in their shop, and they're very, 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 very fine people, and they've helped me a lot over the years. No, uh, amazing what they have been able to do, and uh, of course, we're very happy that Chuck is going to be out there, along with 29 other entries, uh, so many people diving into the class, Carl, uh, from Bo Butner and Drew Skillman, guys kind of coming back from Pro Stock to Leah Pritchett, uh, Alan Johnson, others getting involved. Uh, This class, you've been around a long time. Have you seen, can you compare and contrast another class of drag racing that has taken off the way this one has? Well, you know, I haven't figured out if if the if the pros are going to stick around or it's just uh, for publicity. I don't uh, I, I don't mind driving a pro because they're human beings. I just hope that it doesn't become to be a high high dollar high class operation and the little guy gets shut out. But that's the only thing that concerns me. The other thing that bothers me is them slowing down the Fords this year. I mean, they made a big deal last year of getting in the sevens. And Chrysler was the first kind of seven, my my friend uh, Jeff Turk, and now I guess now we're in the sevens. They want to slow us down, and I don't I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea, but but I guess that's what's going to. We're running the new blower pulley in Charlotte. We went from a three and a quarter to a three and a half. It's about seventy five horsepower on the dyno, so. Hopefully we can still get back in the sevens because I know that's what the fans want to see, Joe. They want to see seven second cars. That's what I want to see, Carl. And this is this debate, and I've heard uh, a lot of uh, you know third party relaying of uh, NHRA stance uh, quotes. This and I, you know, I haven't heard this, but I've heard about it. Uh, they want it to be an eight zero category, and I get that. But to me, there's a, just a gulf in interest from seven ninety to eight zero. And I know it's only a tenth of a second, but it's psychological, right? Seven ninety is wicked fast, and eight zero is kind of slow. I'm going to tell you something, Joe. I ran eight zero one in Atlanta against a Turk, and he ran seven ninety nine. And I have never seen so much excitement for running a seven ninety nine with these cars. To me. 
The difference between eight zero and seven nine is drastic. I'm not saying we can't run seven nine, but I can tell you one thing: I don't, I don't see anything wrong running seven eighties either. But uh, the Chevys can, the Chevys are as fast. They got some head cylinder head problems right now that they're going to work out. And the Chrysler boys, uh, they, they 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 took the the winter off and went fishing. We went to work, made our cars quicker. They didn't. Uh, they didn't want to get involved in spending money on it, so you know I like those guys, but I don't. I don't have any mercy on them. They could have. They could have got new superchargers like Ford and Chevy did, but they didn't want to uh, make the investment. Apparently, and, and uh, that's a, a hot topic amongst the fans. Like what happened there, and uh, we have done some reporting, and they did not request any updates. So uh, those yeah. those that are out there, like wondering, like what happened? Well, part of it is no no new parts were requested. That, that, that's exactly what happened, Joe. Yes. But uh, we'll go to work on the cars. We'll see if we can get some of the horsepower back. Let's talk a little bit about Jeff Turk. TNT spoke with Jeff earlier this year, and uh, you mentioned he dove into the sevens, and the Blackbird now got the X-15. He seems super excited and stoked to to work with you. He told us flat out, he said that you guys kind of pitting next to each other because of the last names, TNT, and, uh, you, you know, you struck up a, a, a friendship and a great mutual relationship, and now you guys are racing together. What has that been like? We became very good friends, especially with Uncle Bert and his wife, Sandy. They bonded together, and um, we tried very hard to get him to run a Ford. We finally convinced him. I'll tell you, after the first couple of weeks he got his car, I think he wanted to kill me for make, making him run for because he had some serious problems with it. But I'll tell you one thing. He is a very, very brilliant racer, and he studies things. And half the time he's over my head, I'll say, Turk, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Speak English. Talk, talk my level, but uh, I can tell you he, uh, he's been a great addition to the whole Ford team, and he's going to help everybody out, not just me and him and Randy Eakins. Uh, and I, I, I think you're going to see, uh, see a lot of uh, Mustangs in the winter circle this year because of uh, that relationship, Tasker and Turk and, and everybody else is running for the lot. I never saw so many Fords in Atlanta. I know last year or the year before, Joe, it was a Chevy event with a few Dodges, and the last race, uh, I thought I was at my car dealership at my Mustang lot. I saw a lot of Mustangs racing, which made me feel good. That I, means we, uh, we, got, we got something accomplished over the winter. I can imagine uh, how that must feel to uh, have a product. And, I, you know, I don't know that people fully understand the, you know, the dealership mentality. And, and just doing a little, you know, tell me a little bit about Tasca University, like growing up around these cars and now racing these cars and that moment when you look around and you see you're surrounded by these cars and that people are actually buying into what you're selling. I grew up with my brother Bobby and David. We were always around the dealership. We used to get picked up after school, go to the shop. We worked with Johnny Healy. We did street racing with Billy, Wharton, Billy Lawton. We used to go out to Detroit, spend weeks out there with my father on the test track. And uh, it's just, it was, it was like di- growing up in Disneyland, being around those guys. I mean, uh, I don't know if you remember, but Mario Andretti drove Rock Cobra Jet at a promotion years ago in 1968. He act, my father actually flew Mario went to Connecticut Dragway on a, on, a, on a little plane. He did a match race against the Camaro, won three straight. And he, he was asked after the race, Mario, what made you think you could get in the drag car for the first time and win? And let me tell you what he said, Joe. He said because Bob Tasker prepared the car. So wow. And, uh, and can what? we do that again, Carl? Can we like do a throwback to that promotion and get Mario back to drive your car? Would you let him? Let me tell you something. He, if I asked him, he'd do it. Mario Andretti gave me the best advice of my life. I'll never forget. I asked him when I saw him recently. I said, Mario, when do you know when it's time to stop stop driving a race car? He said, I'm going to tell you, Carl. When your desire to get out of the car exceeds your desire to get in the car, that's when you quit. And I never forgot it. Well, I'm happy that your desire to get in the car outweighs your desire to not be in the car. Let's talk about racing this weekend in that we're still at the very start of this season now. As much as there's been a lot of hype and a lot of testing and a rules change, we're still only at race two. You're coming in hot, Carl. I know you want to go out there and get this win. Qualifying is going to be a challenge. 30 cars going for 16 spots. Tell me about your team, your guys that work on the car, and what you guys have planned 
to go out in Q1. It's it's nice to lay down a pass in that first qualifying session and, and feel safe about it. We got the same motor we had in Atlanta. We all did was change the oil. I put the new front end on the car. Got the 19 fenders and hood on it with the bigger scoop. And basically, uh, we should be we should be in the sevens, Joe. But we're not going to run seven eight, I don't think, because of the the pulley. But uh, we'll have to tune around it uh, between Turk and I and uh, Randy Eakins. We'll we'll come up with uh, what we got to do to make it happen. But the car will be competitive, and I'm sure the trip will be competitive. And we got a few things we're testing that I don't want to talk about, but uh, <laughs> I fully expect to uh, to do well. That was like um, a, a wicked little laugh, Carl. What, what did you just do to us there? That was great. Hey, listen. <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're racers, Joe. You know something? You always want to do something different every time you go out. Usually it doesn't work, but you always have that enthusiasm that what you're going to try is going to work. Sinister. That was great. I love it. Well, I can't wait to see you this weekend. We have fallen in love with a Samtech factory stock showdown and these cars in particular. And I really genuinely believe that there are racing fans out there. Maybe they're not going to buy a Cobra Jet, Carl, but the Mustang that they can buy that you sell at the dealership uh, looks just like it. And it gives the impression and the attitude and the character of the cars that you're racing. And uh, I think that is exactly what we need. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. Have fun this weekend. And uh, good luck getting a win. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. We'll see you in Charlotte. Thank you, Carl. Carl Tasca with us here on Factory Stock Podcast. Lays it all out there as you know he would. Says the competition went fishing. Now, I don't know if that's true. I understand that they have got maybe something new coming in the future. But the bottom line is Chevrolet and Ford applied for new parts and got them approved, and we're seeing it on the racetrack. What will happen this weekend, we have no idea, but I know it's going to be exciting. Thanks to Carl for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. Now for you Chevrolet fans, next up, a fresh face of the Samtech Factory Stock Showdown Eliminator, a young tuner who is making a name for himself in this unbelievable category. Joining us now Aaron Stanfield. Aaron, welcome to Factory Stock Podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Always a pleasure. I love the category, and I love the people that are coming to this class in NHRA drag racing. Uh, You are, in my opinion, the prototype of what everybody wants. Young, computer-savvy, interested in cars, interested in drag racing, and loves to go fast. Let's talk a little bit about who you are and how you got here. Obviously, son of a five-time champion, U.S. Nationals winner, pro stock racer, super stock racer, stock racer, Greg Stanfield. And uh, I guess he just pulled you into the sport right from the beginning. Um, Actually, you know, as a as a kid, he wanted me to do the, the normal kid things and, you know, play baseball and all, all the sports and, and uh, get that experience. And, uh, you know, a little bit later in life, when I got out of high school, I, I really started to get into it, and um, I showed a lot of a lot of interest in learning how to build engines. So um, I was able to talk him into opening back up the Stanfield Racing engines to to the public, I guess you could say. And uh, we've we've grown from there. That is interesting. So it was kind of a little cajoling from you that uh, absolutely re- reinvigorated the program. You were what was your strategy? Were yeah. you like, Dad, please, or were you annoying him, or what was the what worked? Persistence, <laughs> <laughs> um, very very persistent. I I, I um, you know he he didn't didn't necessarily want me. He he wanted to make sure that I didn't want to do something else, and uh and not do it just because my dad dad's done it for his whole life, but. It's something I truly love and I truly have a passion for, something I, I, I enjoy learning. I learn from them every day, and uh, I just I just want to keep learning, keep growing, and keep getting better. The father-son relationship that you guys have, I'm sure there are so many out there that are uh, envious but also would love to replicate it, right? Like, this is a great example. Uh, not only do we want to replicate your performance on the racetrack, but the relationship you guys have. Your, your family and extended family, the guys that are helping you out, there's something special going on here with this group. There's absolutely something special. You know, um, we always say our our uh, our customers are more than just our customers. They're they're our friends, and they're there's there's somebody that we want to 
do everything in our power to achieve their goals. And, um, you know, my dad and I favor each other a lot and, uh, we, we, we fight of course, like normal father and son will fight, but, um, I think we favor each other and, and, uh, able to pick up the slack when, you know, obviously he's picking up a lot more slack than me, but, <laughs> um, he's, uh, it, it works well. Well, you say that, and yes, of course, he has laid the groundwork for you to do what you do, but you're hustling out there. You are tuning several cars, you're racing yourself, and that's what I want to delve into. First of all, for our audience here on Factory Stock Podcast, how old is Aaron Stanfield? I'm 24 years old. <laughs> 24. And when? how old were you when you built your first engine? Like, solo job, your uh, your deal. Solo job, um, probably probably around 19 or so. All right. So you, you're probably, probably, I, I've, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've been around it. My, the first engine I ever saw was a pro stock engine. So, um, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty elaborate, you know, but, um, obviously I didn't build one of those by myself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, not. Was, I, I got, I was, I was able to be around a lot of it and, um, I, and I, I learned a lot just from simply watching and, um, I started off cleaning the shop, the shop floors, and I did that for a while. And I said, "Dad, please let me do something important." <laughs> that is great, so, and well, and that's the that is the knock on a lot of the folks out there. You know, is it safe to say are you a, are you a millennial? Are you what comes after millennial? Do you even know? Have you even given any thought to that? No thought to it. I just go and do my thing, and uh, not <laughs> not. I don't know if I'm like my normal generation, but. Um, I think I, I think I'm a millennial. <laughs> I think you are too, but I'm not exactly sure. We'll have to look into that. The want to factor, <laughs> though, right? The want to, like I want to do this. Once you dove in and you realized, like, do you remember when that was? You, you got your dad. He's racing. He's going well. You're playing sports. You're doing your thing. W- was there something that made you say, like a day, a week, a month, an event that made you say, you know what? This is the life that I want. I want to do this with my dad, and I'm willing, which you obviously are, to put in whatever it takes to accomplish it. I would say um, at right right before I got out of high school, my senior year, I really started racing a lot. And then um, when I graduated, I decided I wanted to get a business degree and Around that time is when I really decided this is what I, what I was going to push for and, and uh, not give up on. And uh, my dad was actually ready to retire and kind of and kind of do away with it. And I've kind of, you know, um, I, I always say I've, I've drug him right back into it, probably deeper than he's ever been before. But <laughs> we uh, pro- probably right around when the time I was starting college. There you go. Just when he thought he was out, you pulled him right back in, which is great. Now, let's transition to Samtech Factory Stock Showdown, the category or eliminator or class, depending on how we want to refer to it, uh, relatively new and evolving into what it is now. Once upon a time, they were naturally aspirated versus supercharged engines, and no offense to the naturally aspirated stuff, but we want to see cars go fast, and that's how these cars go fast with the superchargers. And now in its current format, I think the class is more popular than ever before and still like capturing the imagination of a lot of people. So there's young people who love Camaros, they love Mustangs, they love Challengers, and they want to see people like them out there working on these cars. And that's you. How many cars, how many engines are out there currently in the Samtech Factory Stock Showdown that you are responsible for? Currently, we have um, four customers competing in the uh, showdown. The uh, Janik Brothers... Randy Taylor with uh, Ray Westall and uh, Stephen Bell and Arthur Cohn. Those are our those are our four four hitters, and we, uh, you know, it's basically basically our our whole package from the car setup to the tune to the engine, so all the above. Oh wow! Including top to bottom, it's uh, Stanfield Racing uh, engines. Yes, yes, sir. It's it's what what um what I'm starting to call a uh, a Stanfield prepared race car. That's that's a uh, kind of kind of what i'm leaning towards i like that i think i can go with that too um and and let's talk archie and stephen bell last year did a lot of good for you guys archie first copo in the sevens that was a big milestone while the uh the drag packs were able to take the title for the whole category still first of the camaros and in many ways you guys have been kind of holding up the end of the bargain for the chevrolets uh with archie and stephen and now you got a couple of more obviously david barton 
very strong out there in Chevrolets as well. Absolutely. You know, manufacturer, Absolutely. Uh, customer. But let's just talk a little bit about the Chevrolet program and where you think it is at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think I think just like every manufacturer, we have a, we have a lot of room to grow. Um, there's some there's some uh, I- issues with the with the engine design that we uh, I think we need to work on. But um, absolutely something that everybody's pulling for um, and all working on together. And uh, you know, there's the Chevrolets got have several several smart people um, involved with the program. Jason Lyon, David Barton, my dad. Um, so I, I think we've got some very smart minds involved with our manufacturer, and uh, I, I think I think we've got a got a good a good um, grassroots place to start. Interesting. Now uh, we have heard from David after his crash, and we've heard from m- many folks, many directions that. Uh, Brian Massengill, who comes on the show, and we'll hear from him at some point, uh, you know, we're redefining what stock is, right? We're redefining what these things are capable of. Uh, Tell me some things that impress you as you go into this eliminator and kind of go on a journey with this technology, which much of it is new. Right. Uh, I can tell you that Archie told us Archie told us at the start of the season, like with the Magnuson supercharger, it's not like we have more power. We've got a lot more power. This is cutting edge technology. So as someone whose first engine that you saw was a pro stock engine, what impresses you about the parts, pieces and power that you're working with in factory stock? It just it's it is very impressive. Um, You know how how much that the lap the laptop matters and you know these things they all make a lot of power and it's not it's not all about horsepower um half the battle is horsepower and the other half of half the battle is getting the race car down the racetrack the right way and the fastest way and um the majority of that is is done through the laptop and uh you know that as as uh somebody watching watching my dad um race pro stock through all the years that never really had this this type of technology to work with it was it was more more mechanical i guess you could say and uh it's it just impresses me how much you can do with with the laptop and we're talking and, uh, about like you know, ramping in power and when it happens give me some ramp, examples ramp, obviously every team retards timing on the starting line and that helps control control the power and um you know how quick you can get it in how much you're taking out um just just all the ways you can all the ways you can think of to try to make it better. You know, we we'll, we'll go out and test and try some new ideas. And it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's impressive how much, how much you can change. You can change your lap's time by, by just uh, making a few adjustments on the laptop. Very. And how, how much you can hurt, but how much you can hurt yourself by making a few adjustments to the laptop. <laughs> now I heard that the, at the start of the season, like what's going to separate the men from the boys in this class, and the question was, or the answer was, like guts, you know, like feeling the <laughs> moment and knowing what you can do and and going for it at the right time. Absolutely, that's and that's uh, that's something that my dad and I and, and the rest rest of the guys. It's not just me and my dad, and you know, we have we have actually two um, employees, Connor and uh, Colin. They came from the Samtech school, so I, I think it's pretty fitting that you know it's a Samtech factory showdown, and we have some some employees that uh, graduated from their from their school, and uh, it's just not me and my dad, but we all kind of pull together and and get a game plan with the drivers and and how aggressive we want to be and you know how we want to race. So um, it's it's definitely a team effort as far as that goes. Now the Cobra Jets have started off strong. There have been some rules changes to bring them back to the field a little bit. You guys got hit a little bit also. And I uh, spoke with David Barton, and he said it might not be that big of a problem because it might alleviate some of the challenges that are happening with cylinder heads. Um, give me your yes. your assessment. Like, were you very disappointed, not disappointed, when the rule came down um, that you guys were losing about 10%? Um, I mean, to, to be honest with you, I was surprised uh, a reaction happened so quickly. Um, I definitely think that the Fords needed to slow down a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it all depends on NHRA's agenda. We're on their, we're playing on their court by their rules and, um, you know, so be it. But I, I, I was surprised how quickly they reacted to it. And, uh, like David said, I think that it'll definitely help with some of our problems. Um, maybe lower the cylinder pressure a little bit to, to, um, help with our head cylinder head problem. And, uh, 
maybe teams been the Chevrolet teams been working hard and trying to find some more horsepower to make up for that anyway. So we'll, we'll see. And the idea of keeping things stock, I'm going to throw something out at you. And, and I, you know, I, I just know that like O-ringing cylinder heads is something that happens on engines with a lot of cylinder pressure, but from what I understand is not allowed in factory stock. Is that something that you would advocate for with that? Is that an easy, quick, as a, quick fix? As, as, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if it would be an easy, quick fix. But um, it's something that I think is a must, and it's it's not it's not so much a performance advantage. I think all the manufacturers should be able to do it. Um, I, I I think it's a safety issue more than anything. You know, we've we've already seen several several head gasket issues from all the manufacturers, and uh, I, I don't see how that could be a, how that could be an issue. I think I think it's a it's a plus plus all across the board for all the manufacturers more than anything. So um, that's something I would personally really like to see happen no. just for the safety of our drivers and the, the expense of the class. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's an important thing that needs to happen to, to try to fix some problems. And from the layman perspective, which is me, I, I don't see how that in any way diminishes the, the factory nature of the class. Absolutely not. I mean, all, all, all it is is, I mean, these things are making, making a lot of horsepower and it's just, just an o-ring to uh to help to, to help seal, seal everything off and um it just it keeps it keeps from water getting into the combustion process and getting out you know getting getting out of the headers and getting underneath the tires and um, tearing up somebody's really nice expensive race car and uh you know we're all racers we're all going to push the limits when it's time and uh stuff like that happens but um it's it's something that i think could could be better better prevented by o-ringing no, that and that is uh, part of the reason I ask you the question. I want uh, that out there, and I know a lot of people are talking about it behind the scenes. Like, just allow the O-ringing to happen, and uh, perhaps can solve some uh, problems in advance with something that is commonly used, even in you know bracket engines. People O-ring cylinder heads yeah. is not a big deal. Uh, but while you're doing all of this, making power, tuning cars, running back and forth, we see you out there on the starting line whenever Samtech rolls out. We got Charlotte this weekend, but uh, you are also driving for potential world championships in racing RVs, top dragster, and super stock. So you're a very busy young man whenever you're at an NHRA national event. Yes, sir. Very busy, and that's um, it's exactly how I like it. Um, I I like to gather as much experience as I can, as quick as I can, and uh, and just learn from my mistakes and try to be the best I can be. And I, I really enjoy driving. Um, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this situation that we're in with the showdown cars and I have my own personal goals as far as in the driver's seat, and um, we're gonna we're gonna go for them, and it is gonna take some time, but um, that's that's the plan. That is excellent, Aaron. We appreciate it. Now this weekend, any predictions for uh, you know not necessarily you, just generally, uh, what are we gonna see now that this rules change has happened? But there's been some time to do some testing. Are we gonna see a seven second field again? Or are they gonna be like how bad are they gonna get hit heading into Charlotte? Um, it has a lot to do with the weather and, um, to be honest with you, I haven't looked, I haven't studied it that much, but, um, I, I think it's going to be tough to be a full seven second field. I think we're going to see a lot of seven second runs, but I, I think, uh, I think a, a full seven second field was, is going to be tough to do, but I can guarantee that there's 30, 30 good race cars, I believe right now entered, which is awesome. And, uh, it's it's going to feel like you won the race when you qualify. I can tell you that. There it's, you. A, it's a battle just to get qualified, and then and then we race. <laughs> and that is what we love about Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. Aaron, thank you for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. A little insight into you professionally, your career, and what's going on at Greg Stanfield Racing Engines. Stanfield prepared cars. There are four in the field, and you guys are going to be going for it. I know the Fords are going to be trying to stop you and keep on their little reign of terror that they got going on, and uh, the Dodges are going to try to make a comeback on this particular weekend as well thank you for coming on factory stock podcast hey do you do any social media you got anywhere for people to follow along if they want to follow your operation i i have a little i have a facebook page and i i post some um, some of my racing on there and just aaron stanfield so it's just a personal page and um you know you can keep up with a little bit of my racing on there excellent excellent aaron thank you for coming on the show appreciate it good luck this weekend out there at z max dragway
Thank you, Joe. Always a pleasure. Appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Aaron Stanfield with us on Factory Stock Podcast. Lots of great information about tuning of the cars, Stanfield prepared cars. But what I dialed in on was the O-ring process. Could something so simple be a solution to some of the issues that the Chevrolets are having with head gaskets? We are going to have to wait and see. The conversation will roll on And finally, this edition of Factory Stock Podcast wouldn't be complete without a check-in with Brian Massengill from the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Brian, it has been a very interesting show. Carl Tasca talking about his car going into Charlotte, talking about how the Chrysler guys went fishing. Meanwhile, Aaron Stanfield, uh, they're looking for O-rings. Got some good things going on over there. Uh, We have got a lot of storylines to cover here as we get ready for Charlotte. Race two, um, it feels like it's been forever, uh, and I know it really hasn't. I know these teams, it, it hasn't. They've been testing. They've been running over in the NMCA, and, and they've, they've uh, blown some stuff up, wrecked some stuff. Uh, you know, David Barton wrecked over with us and getting ready to get to uh, Charlotte this weekend. It's, it's going to be fun. Uh, maybe a little slower, but it's going to be a lot of fun for sure, Joe. Yeah, and the slower thing, that's what's on everybody's mind, of course, to get up to speed. Uh, the the pulley reduction is going to pull about 17% overdrive out of the Fords, 10% out of the Chevrolets. The Dodges are going to stand pat, and we're all going to see what it is. Both of our guests have given their opinion, and they still think that the quick cars are going to be in the sevens. I think that is absolutely vital, Brian. You've got to have... Many of your cars running in the sevens, but if the the back half of the field was in the eights, I don't think that would be terrible either. I think uh, that that still is across a threshold that is very important. I, I agree, hundred um, percent. You know, we we need to be uh, seven ninety eight zero class, and and that's what we're going to be. It looks like going forward. Um, what happened at at the Gators? You know, I kept saying it was going to be something special, and. And uh, now that we've kind of seen what they're able to do, we need to get these cars a little safer. Um, that that's going to be, you know, getting the speeds down, uh, getting the power down, and um, and making sure that the cars stay down on the track. The um, I think, like you said, top half of the field, I, I fully expect to be in the sevens. Uh, bottom half, I, I'd say um, eight O's. Um, I don't think that uh, an eighteen will get get you into the show but um we'll see i don't know what the weather conditions look like this weekend but uh it it is going to be still be some exciting side-by-side racing um i think the fords uh and the dodges still have a really really good chance um in there i I think that everything that we saw kind of hurts the uh chevrolets a little bit more than it hurts anybody else um and yeah we'll see what happens this week and, and we'll see what going forward 30 car field again just um uh Huge number, more more cars um, than both alcohol classes combined. Um, you know, we're we're filling these these uh, this this quota up, um, and and we're doing a great job. The racers are are super into the class, and um, I hope the NHRA and the manufacturers keep everything fair, and, and we keep getting more and more drivers into this class. It is a work in progress. Obviously, we're going to see this is race two of the season, and it feels like there has been more since we've been all over it with Factory Stock Podcast. Jeff Turk is going to bring out the X-15 this edition. We're going to see some new racers. You mentioned, uh, and we spoke with Carl Tasca a little bit earlier about Chuck Watson. Chuck Watson's incident and how he'll be back out there. Bruno Massel is back on the entry list. So a lot of interesting things uh, slated to happen this weekend. It's almost lost that it is just race two. That is. It, it's, it has been um, a whirlwind uh, headed into race one and post-race one. And, and you know, like I said, the, over in the other series, over in the NMCA, they, they, there's a lot of our racers that overlap. Um and and so they they aren't stopping. There's a lot of racers that are going 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 uh, in two series, running a bunch of events, running everything they can, just trying to find more power every every race. And um, and it's going to be like I said, an exciting race regardless of of the mile an hour. You know, you, you of course want to see those high mile an hours and those all seven second fields, but that's that's not exactly the safest and and the uh, best course of action right now for the class. Um, I'm glad to see some returning faces. You know, like you said, Bruno, I think Joe Welch is coming along. Um, uh, David's going to be back, you know, and, and Turk's going to be there. So that, that's going to be really good. You know, we, 
We've got some racers that weren't with us at Indy. I'm sorry, at uh, at Indy at the Gators, and um, that are hopefully going to be there all season. Um, just keep filling out those fields. You said the uh, Indy because the Gator Nationals was such a big event, a feel. It, clearly, it was no, and that was you know I I I can't get over how great that race was and i think that every race we have going forward is just going to get better and and granted it the participation from the fans and and the uh, pageantry of the 50th of the gators that's not something you're going to see um you know at every race this year you know it's the ninth uh ngk four wides but but there's still a lot of great racing going on there the, the fans love this class and they show out they show up they they support their racers. They support the manufacturers. Again, having the three dodges, having having the uh, the three uh, three manufacturers in the class, it's it's really something special for all of these fans. Now you mentioned the four wide nationals, and as much as we believe in traditional drag racing, top to bottom, love these factory cars, it has been bantered about. People have suggested, like, boy, it would be cool to see four of these things. For everybody out there who's listening, they are not going four wide this weekend. No, we're not. Um, one of the big things is the NHRA. You know, they they look out for the drivers' best interest sometimes, and um, we wouldn't be able to get. Uh, for uh, qualifying sessions, and so not everyone would have a chance at every lane, and um, and so until we can get that fourth qualifying session, we will be too wide at the four wides. Sadly, I think it'd be you know we were talking about pageantry there a second ago, and and that'd be something pretty cool to have you know all three manufacturers next to each other, and and maybe a all Copo uh, or an all Ford or an all Dodge. Uh, pass there and uh, it's something special and and I'm hoping 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 that we can get it in the books for next year that was going to be my next question I know it would probably be as it has been with many of the listeners and fans a polarizing thing where you know half of the people are totally against it the other half think it's a cool idea and a third half that doesn't exist would not care about uh, either way they're happy to see fast cars but I I tend to agree at these specialty tracks the classes that go four wide are just recognized with a prominence that the two wide classes aren't getting because they use this whole amazing facility and so as much as I love two-wide drag racing and prefer it and choose it on a regular basis at these specialty tracks, if we could get that extra qualifying session, I would love to see four cars go wheels up. Same. Absolutely. You know, it's something I've been asking for since we've, uh, we've been at Charlotte. Um, and, you know, I know that it, uh, in talking to some of the drivers that run the pro classes, I, I know that it can be kind of um, a pain to get people who haven't been, uh, who aren't used to, staging four cars and all that, um, getting them used to it and running that. But it is, um, it is something, it would be something cool. I know that. That's, that's about all I know. Simple as that. Right. It would be something cool. Of course, I'm sure this will strike up a conversation in the comments section uh, about exactly that. Factory stock four wide, question mark. Uh, we shall uh, see. So earlier, speaking with Aaron Stanfield, and this is something I have heard about out there, and I wanted to run it by you. Of course, Samtech, the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. The question was about O-ringing cylinder heads, a practice that happens across racing. It just improves the seal. And uh, at our first race, and even at our uh, previous uh, NHRA national events when Samtech Factory Stock Showdown is not running, the conversation continues. What should be done? We know that there's some gasket sealing problems. David Barton's crash clearly came directly from that earlier. I brought it up to Aaron Stanfield. He said he would love if they would green light the use of O-rings across all manufacturers. What do you think about it working in and around the whole machine shop culture? Is there anything about that that would take away from the word stock? Um, well, I, I understand um, both sides of it. You know, when you, when you ask me about stock, but there's a lot of things that we're doing that stock limited doesn't have anymore. You know, um, there are there are some things that I think would be uh, the benefits of O-ringing would be, um, you know, the safety of these cars and and 
it helps it would help the performance a little bit just because you can kind of throw a little bit more at it if you're worried about blowing head gaskets you're probably not going to be giving it everything you have on every single pass but um but with the o-rings you you'd be able to do that a little bit more um and and so i i get it from both sides but i i think if it's a if it's a safety concern we need to look into it and it, i know that it's been brought up to the nhra and and i'm very sure that they're doing their due diligence on it and trying to figure out, okay, how far away from stock do we want to get um, for this class? And, and like I said, there are things that we've done to get away from some of the stock rules. Um, you know, we, we've got uh, a, a couple of things that, you know, any engine combination from the manufacturer in any year car, so you don't have to keep buying the newest to get the newest engine, um, the newest body to get the newest engine there. But there's there's little things that you know it, it's something that the pros do obviously, and it's something that the these really high horsepower cars do, and and we're up over 1,300 horsepower, you know, depending on who you talk to, at least 1,300 horsepower to be competitive in this class. And again, if it's a safety concern, I'm I'm for it. I I looked at you know I, I remember when Stephen Bell crashed in St. Louis. It was really our first uh, big wreck uh, in the class, and. Uh, seeing that and just saying, okay, what can we do to stop this from happening? What happened here? And, and here we are, you know, a couple of seasons later and, and David Barton, it, I mean, it's almost a mirror of what, uh, of what Steven did. And so there's, there's safety concern there. I, I want to make these cars as safe as possible and um, as driver friendly as possible without doing anything that really um, takes us to some crazy levels um, you know, whether that's comp or, or uh, you know, some of the pro stock things. But but I, I think it's important to stay in that stock realm but increase the safety because stock eliminator was never built for um, a 3,500-pound car making 1,300 horsepower, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. Now, for the layman's out there, uh, can you give a quick 30-second explanation? When we say O-ringing, uh, it's a common term my – uh, 650 horsepower bracket 455 Pontiac has O-rings because, you know, cylinder heads on the Pontiac, they weren't designed for that either. And so uh, we have O-rings and it's not boosted. It's naturally aspirated, but it's something that's common. Can you explain to the layman out there what we're talking about? So what you're going to do is real simple. You're going to go around the cylinder bore and put a groove in, and then you're going to put an O-ring in there. Um, that's going to help keep uh, everything uh, air and water tight, and um, it's going to make things a little bit safer for the drivers. Not rocket science. It's something that, like you said, in, in your Pontiac with 600 horsepower, you've done, and it, it is to improve safety on it. I mean, that, that's that's really it. And, again, um, safety for us is, is really paramount. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, to hear some of the drivers and racers talking about it, this is exactly the kind of thing we want to cover on Factory Stock Podcast. This is a conversation going on. Now, that having been said, I did text with a very well-known Ford engine builder, and he said that they really don't need it, but it's not an advantage for anyone. So if uh, they went with it, they would be okay with it. But uh, they, they are not having those problems, according to this one Ford engine builder, who will go nameless at this time. <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be more of a Chevy problem right now than than uh, Ford. You know, I was talking to uh, some of my contacts over in the uh, Dodge camp, and, and I was asking them, you know, are, are, is this a concern for them? And they said, really, it's not. Um, it seems to be mostly a Chevrolet issue um, from from all the conversations I've had with racers and engine builders and everything else. That having been said, uh, David Barton and Aaron Stanfield say that the reduction in boost is going to be slightly helpful in that terms. Now, you mentioned uh, Fiat Chrysler Automobiles and the Dodge brand. We had uh, offered uh, and, and tried to book a guest from them to keep our string of having everybody represented on, on the shows. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out. We'll do it in the future. But Carl Tasca firing a shot earlier in the show. Uh, disappointed a little bit about the rules change, but most importantly said that the Chrysler guys went fishing during the offseason and did not try to get any new parts or pieces. And uh, I felt like that was a little bit of a call-out. Of course, I loved it. And isn't that what we're talking about? We want these rivalries, and we want the people who are proud of their make to uh, to speak about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, it is, this is really, you know, these drivers are uh, committed to their manufacturers. Um, 
in the off season, you really only saw one person uh, jump ship Turk. I, I think he accomplished a lot over uh, on that FCA Dodge uh, Mopar uh, side of things, and and he really helped that program out a lot. And he's now over, you know, um, with Tasca, and and they're very proud of what they're doing over there for the uh, Ford camp, and and their fans should be also. It's it's um it's really something that uh, that the fans can get behind. And, you know, these guys, you know, they're all going to have a beer after after uh, qualifying with each other on uh, it, before we're headed into day two. But but um, they're very loyal, and they're, uh, they're having a good time racing for these manufacturers. It's really one of the only real classes that's a heads-up where you're getting to see um, Detroit's big three go at each other. Very, very exciting. Brian, thank you so much for coming on Factory Stock Podcast. Is there a, a final note, a storyline an angle that you would like to bring up for our listeners before we head out to Charlotte and check out race two, the first with the new rules combination and basically, you know, not totally a clean sheet of paper, but uh, the second iteration of the 2019 rules. Uh, I think that, I think that, you know, we kind of touched on it. It it is going to be a slower field, but it's still going to be very competitive. Um, You've got 30 cars, 30 drivers trying to compete for those 16 spots. They're not going to hold anything back. Um, so they're going to push everything they can to every extreme and every limit. And so don't think for a second that this is going to be any less exciting than the uh, than the Gators were in race one. This is, you know, kind of a make or break point in the season, which sounds a little crazy um, this early on. But, um, you know, you had a, a Chevy and a Ford in the final, Stephen Bell, um, versus uh, Drew Skillman there last or last race. And then uh, last year, you know, you've got the reigning champion from uh, the race last year, Archie Cohn, uh, looking to get going. And, um, you know, they they were uh, – Bell and Archie won the first race and the second race last year, and it really set them in motion to, to carry everything into the final race of last season, into, you know, the semifinal round, um, trying to win that points championship. So what we're doing now – really is setting up for the rest of the season. And, and um, for some of these teams, it, it is going to be dire that they, they do they have a great showing. Absolutely. 30 cars entered. 16 will qualify. Let's remind the listeners out there, all races in 2019 count to the points total. We are not allowing them to drop a race this year. And so it is a true world championship in Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. going to be very interesting. And we know that Drew Skillman is out there on a mission. Uh, but so are so many others. Uh, you know, Janik and Gasco and Tasca and Butner. Bo Butner has flat out told me that they have gone over the car top to bottom. They were unprepared for the first race. They will be prepared at this race. I got my eye on them as, as well as many others. Too many to watch. It's going to be great. I cannot wait for this weekend. Me either, Joe. It's going to be exciting. Um, it it is. It seems like it's been a lifetime since we've been on the track, and uh, we've got six more after this one. And um, we'll see what the NHRA does this weekend. It's going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. There you go, Brian. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. Have a good one. Thanks, Brian. Brian Massengill from Samtech.edu on Factory Stock Podcast. He is fired up and excited, as am I, for this weekend's action at the NGK Four Wide Nationals at ZMAX Dragway in Charlotte, North Carolina. The factory cars are back. Race two, and it will be exciting. Will the Fords win? Will the Chevys win? Will the Dodges win? El Bandito, Leah, Alan Johnson, Mark Powick, who knows? Who is going to step up? We have 30 cars entered, and it is going to be amazing. What will the bump spot be? Will it be in the sevens? Most say probably not. Will the number one qualifier be in the sevens? Most say probably. But once again, it is wide open, and we are all adapting to the rules change that dropped after Gainesville. It is going to be exciting. It is going to be fun, and we are all going to be there. For you listeners of Factory Stock Podcast, we thank you. Remember, there is a Facebook page, Factory Stock Showdown, put up by the folks at Sam Tech. Of course, you can always get a hold of me, at WFO Joe, on Twitter, or email me, Joe, at WFORadio.com. Thank you so much. Of course, the WFO Radio NHRA Nitro podcast, something I work on on a weekly basis. You're invited to check that out and subscribe. But if you like the big cars, the fast cars, the real cars, the factory cars, you will love Factory Stock Podcast going through the 2019 season. We ask you to subscribe. 
you're headed out to the race, we'll see you there. If you are listening from home on the next edition of Factory Stock Podcast, we will have the race winner and speak with some of the big stories of the race, race two in Charlotte of the Samtech Factory Stock Showdown. Start your education at full speed with the School of Automotive Machinists and Technology. Accelerate your career as a high-performance engine builder with classroom instruction and practical hands-on experience in the lab, on the dyno, and at the track. In addition to the Blockhead and CNC programs, Sam now offers motorsport EFI tuning and an Associates of Applied Science degree. And Sam is a military-friendly school, approved to train veterans and other eligible persons under the GI Bill. Start your education at full speed. Go to samtech.edu today.